Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. So joining us on the podcast today, a conversation that Georgia and I have been wanting to have for a really long time. And from the response to the Q&A box that we popped up yesterday, you guys are also desperate to have this conversation. Uh, A uh, menopause and lifestyle doctor, it's Shizadi Harper. Hello, Dr. Harper. How are you? Hi, Zoe. Yeah, really good. Really good today. Yeah, busy, but good. Thank you so much for coming on. I think this is a topic that we have wanted to discuss for so long. If periods, hormones, all of that kind of thing just seems to be coming up more and more on the podcast and we get so many messages about it. So yeah, we really just wanted to have this chat with you and get an expert on rather than Zoe and I <laughs> trying to navigate our way through <laughs> what we don't really know a lot about so yes so just tell us a little bit about your background uh, Dr Harper and how you kind of got into this area of expertise before we get into the Q&A yes absolutely um I was a GP in Oxford for a number of years and you know very much I've been sort of um I've had hormonal issues. I've had PMS, PMT, you know, it's really kind of affected me. And I was approaching that sort of stage of perimenopause in my life. And um, I really didn't see that there was much out there for women. And I thought they deserved more. And, um, you know, I wanted to be that doctor to help women to sort of join the dots, bring women's health to the forefront. And so that's why I created my clinic. And now that's all all that I do. And you you have like, a, I mean, the, the clinic's full all the time, isn't it? And is this for women who are experiencing symptoms, who are in the middle of menopause? Well, no, you know, I very much have a very proactive approach, you know, and um, think about sort of early management. So I don't just have women in perimenopause. I have women with polycystic ovarian syndrome, you know, young women, 23, 24 with PMS. But yes, my my major sort of group of women are the perimenopausal women in their late 30s, early 40s, who really want to sort of um, have a preventative approach to their um, health management for the future. So, you know, I just want women to feel their best and look their best. And so I think it's important to sort of tackle um, these subjects earlier rather than later. And what age can you start going into um, perimenopause? Well, I mean, the average age of menopause is 51. And um, and on average, women start their perimenopause four to seven years earlier. So it can be at the age of 43, 
But, you know, some women do go through it earlier, under the age of 45, under the age of 40. So on the whole, you know, for the majority of women, I say, if you're starting to feel that there are changes or you're not quite feeling like yourself and you're in your 40s, then think perimenopause. Right. And so what sort of changes are we like, would you be looking for? Like, I wouldn't have a, I, I wouldn't have a clue. I mean, I have a little bit more of an idea now after chatting to Zoe. But before that, I literally would not have known any of the signs. Um, and, and the truth is, you know, as a younger GP, I didn't know many of them either. You know, I think we're always just sort of fed the fact that it's um, grumpy, irritable women, you know, hot flushes, but it's so much more than that. And, you know, and I think the image is usually of a much older woman. So things like insomnia, not being able to sleep, but not really knowing why that is. Um, Anxiety, um, um, you know, which is really common that women start to present with at this particular point in time. So mental health, which maybe has not been associated with um, perimenopause and menopause, um, but is very much um, a symptom of it. But also, you know, your periods get irregular, they can get lighter, they can get heavier. Um, also, you can get what we call those vasomotor symptoms of hot flushes, night sweat, vaginal dryness, which I don't think we really talk about much at all because it's so unsexy, but it can affect you at a younger age than you think. Um, And your pelvic floor, maybe when you're coughing and sneezing, you're leaking. But externally, I think, you know, women talk about how they age quickly. They feel that it's almost overnight. Their skin has become thinner, more lined. Their hair has become drier, it's thinner. So many symptoms. We talk about there are about 34 symptoms of perimenopause. But I mean, I'd go as far as to say there's probably much more. But because we've got such busy lives around this time of our life, you know, children, relationships, career, parents, that we often just put it down to all of those factors. Um, And I don't think we as women are good at looking after ourselves. I was about to say that. I was just going to jump in and say that. I think when you're sort of going through it, or at least when you don't know you're going through it, but you're getting these symptoms, we kind of put it down to being other things. And I think, you know, I think we've got an amazing um, NHS service. I think the GPs do a brilliant job, but there is um, language that's used around it that's like, oh, you know, you're a tired mom and you've got young kids and X, Y, and Z, or you're probably just feeling a bit low. And then you sort of get sent away. And that, that perimenopausal conversation doesn't happen as sort of openly or as quickly as maybe it should, um, they almost, yeah, they almost kind of miss it maybe. And I, I feel like oh, oh, the conversations that we have are made by mamas, it's happening earlier and earlier, or at least the symptoms well, are coming in. Well, I, yes. I, I, I mean, also women are having children later and later. So almost yeah. they can go from postnatal into perimenopause. And mm. I think um, putting it all down to, you know, being postnatal or your children or the lack of sleep it's a disservice to women. I think often we're brushed aside and just told it's your hormones, you know, you know, it's normal, deal with it. But actually, you know, it really can affect your everyday, you can, it can affect your relationship, how you parent. Um, you know, I had one woman, woman say to me, I wish I'd come to you five years ago, because I feel I would have been a better parent. So I think, you know, the exhaustion and the fatigue that also comes with it, um, ma- makes you end up sort of feeling demotivated, Weight gain, I forgot to mention that because that's a really big thing that, you know, women start to notice as well around the middle. So so it can happen earlier than you think um, and, you know, almost straight after you've had your children. Yeah. And just one question before we get into the questions that we've been sent in via Instagram. Is there a correlation between like girls starting their periods 
earlier and perhaps earlier menopause I don't know but I imagine is there like a you know a window for so long you have your periods for x number of years and if it shifts then it shifts I don't know not really I mean although we are um as um you know sort of over time women are girls are getting their periods earlier in general and also menopause has um is coming a bit earlier than it used to. Um, 100 years ago, age of menopause was around sort of 55, 57. So, um, but there's not a correlation there. You know, I think maybe just ask your mothers, you know, when their uh, menopause was, because there may be a correlation there, there uh, a family history. Um, but also things like if you've not had children, you may go through it a bit, little bit earlier. If you're a smoker, you might go through it earlier. If you've had IVF treatment, so you've had all this bombardment of hormones, then you also tend to go through your um, menopause earlier. So there are lots of factors which can bring it on sooner. But the, but I wouldn't say having your period early means you, you, you're going to have your menopause early. You go through it. It's a good question though, George. I, I also thought that in the back of my head. Um, George, you want to kick us off with the questions because we've got loads <laughs> to get through. Yeah, there's so many. Um, so this is from Zozo, I guess another Zoe. Um, trying, to, trying to treat PCOS with food and exercise, what supplements should I be taking? So polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, when there's a um, hormonal imbalance, um, one of the things that you find with it is that you diet, you exercise, it doesn't really convert into the weight loss or management that um, that it should do. And that's because of what we call insulin resistance. So another hormone, insulin, also comes into play. Um, and that's why it makes it difficult to manage. A lot of women are overweight because of this and not because they just overeat or don't exercise enough. It's it's down to their hormones. So one of the supplements I really recommend for women with hormonal imbalance is inositol or myo-inositol. Um, and I very much advise it also to my perimenopausal women who also have a similar kind of weight gain and um, hormonal imbalance um, um, at that point in their lives. So that would be my number one it would be inositol or myo-inositol. Um, and yes, it's something that I keep in my clinic and I also sort of um, tell my patients to get. And do you have to get that prescribed for no. a GP or no. you can just buy it over the counter? But but it's it's really good. And it also helps with, because it's addressing your hormones, it helps with um, fertility as well. And also from a, a mood balancing perspective. So that would be my number one for PCOS. Love that. Amazing. Okay. Um, this is from Steph. Best way to find out if your hormones are imbalanced? Symptoms really. Um, and it depends at what age you're at. I mean, if you're uh, a younger woman who's getting heavy periods, big gaps between their periods, getting a lot of acne, um, you know, and facial hair, then we might be thinking polycystic ovarian syndrome. And so you'd need to check your hormones at that point in time because PCOS puts you at a higher risk of diabetes and a higher risk of um, increased cholesterol. So it's important to look at your hormones then. If you're in perimenopause and your hormone and you're not feeling like yourself, if you've got classic symptoms or if you've got you know a cluster of symptoms which are sort of indicating perimenopause, then often during that time period, there's no point getting your hormones measured because they can some days be normal, other days they can be fine because our ovaries are still producing hormones, but it's fluctuating. So, yes. so I think that's the important thing to realize. If you're over 45, I'd say 
you know, let's go by the symptoms. If you're under 45, then yet it's important to get a blood test done and maybe have a couple done, um, a series um, because of the fluctuations. Um, so yeah, so 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 that's what. And also, if you have the Mirena coil or or a progesterone-only contraception, and so you don't have periods or very scanty periods. That's another reason to get your um, blood test done. Yeah, I had to, I'll just jump in. I had to get three blood tests done. So I had to get at the same time every month, I had to get three for them to kind of take it serious. I mean, I knew what was going on anyway, but you can get that test done through your GP. So if you, you know, if you are concerned about any of that, then just go and talk to them about it. So this is from Amy. Can underactive thyroid affect early menopause? 37 and struggling with horrendous hot flushes. Oh, well, I mean, underactive thyroid, um, one of the reasons for it can be an autoimmune condition like Hashimoto's disease. So um, one of the reasons that somebody might go through premature menopause can be autoimmune conditions. So it could be linked. Um, And, you know, if you've got symptoms like that, that's the time to go and get your blood test done, you know, and get everything checked out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. good advice. And when you say autoimmune um, diseases, what what are they? Because I've heard that term like lots of different, like lots of times with lo- even like, I think it's psoriasis one. Well, um, like things like celiac disease, um, pernicious anemia. It's when your body fights against normal bits of your body as well if, if right. that's a way to think about it so so it's it's um detrimental it, it's not allowing um so it's damaging parts of your body you know in the sense of your thyroid and it's stopping it from functioning so well um in celiac disease you know it's preventing the gut from absorb absorbing yeah. gluten so um that's what autoimmune and there are lots of autoimmune conditions um out there okay um so this next question and i can really relate to this i wonder if you can as well george actually i felt numb on the pill and now i'm off it the highs and lows are extreme how do i get balance um maybe trying a different pill I mean, one of the things with the pill is that it does prevent the highs and the lows. So it keeps you on this sort of constant. Um, the funny thing is it's a contraception, but it also can lower your libido. And um, you, um, and, and so you don't even want to have sex on it. So um, it works in two ways. But it can be, you know, I often say to women, a pill that suits me may not suit you and vice versa. So sometimes it takes a little bit of time to find the right one for you. And um, you may just have to go down that route. But what if she doesn't want to be on the pill? Because that to me says that she's come off the pill for a reason. Maybe I'm reading it a different way. But I think maybe how do I get the balance in, like maybe she's made the decision not to be on the pill now. So how do we get balance naturally? I I kind of read it differently that she Ah. was on a constant when she was on a pill. So she was numb. And then um, now she's off it. There are highs and lows, which maybe are too high and too low. And she wants a better controlling pill. But if if she doesn't want to go onto the pill and she needs contraception, then there's a copper coil um, that you can use, barrier methods, but also from the hormonal perspective, something like, um, you know, inositol can help again here to sort of balance your hormones. Exercise. I mean, I think we're forgetting things like diet and exercise here. Um, so, so exercising um, and also having a normal body weight. You know, body weight's really important from the sense of keeping your hormones in balance. So those kind of sort of lifestyle changes, reducing the alcohol intake, because that also affects your hormonal levels. Um, If you smoke, all of those kind of things can really help to um, help with your own hormonal balance. But I would put down number sort of one and two would be exercise and and keeping a, 
a, a an average body weight. And you know, you mentioned the supplements, or I, I can't pronounce it. But if you were if you're on the pill and you're worried about what that's doing to your hormones, could you use the supplement as well to? Yes, yeah, kind of... you you can, you can, but ju- okay. but just don't use it instead because it's not a contraceptive. Yeah, no. yeah, 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 of course. Advice. <laughs> My gosh, can you imagine if we gave out that advice? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after the short break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So welcome back. Uh, Back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we? George, next one. This is from Emily. When do you ovulate after miscarriage or start getting your cycle back? It happens pretty quickly afterwards. You know, I can't really say to you it's a day later or a week later because, again, we as women are individuals. But usually sort of within four to six weeks, you do go back into your regular cycle again. Okay. Okay. Um, Periods are so heavy and painful, even two years after birth, cramping and heavy bleeding. Any advice for me? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think, you know, when you've got heavy periods like that, we need to worry about anemia for a start. You know, are you iron deficient? But also to look at the cause of why you're having these heavy periods underactive thyroid causes it you know so, so so that's one of the reasons why you may have heavy periods funny enough also iron deficiency also causes heavy periods as well as it heavy periods uh, making you have sort of um, iron deficiency anemia um, and again could you be in perimenopause um, so I think there are a number of things going on here but and also internally could you have a fibroid Fibroids are growths within the muscle wall of the womb, and you also get heavy, painful periods with that. So it's not a quick fix, you know, one thing answer. It needs a little bit of investigating. Um, you you probably need some blood tests, maybe even an ultrasound scan um, just to get to the bottom of it. How long after you've had a baby should you kind of be getting to a normal cycle again? Because I think, you know, maybe like two or three periods after we've had a baby, we think, oh, you know, my, my cycles are just getting back to normal. But how long should you let it go before you think, okay, no, there might be a problem now, I'll go to the doctor? Well, if you're breastfeeding, um, you know, one of the things with breastfeeding is, and if you're breastfeeding sort of regularly, and frequently throughout the day, then that stops your period. So if you then start um, maybe just intermittently or, or, or not so regularly breastfeeding, like I went to just morning and night with my daughter, then you know your cycle is going to kick back in. 
so it depends maybe how long you breastfeed if you're breastfeeding um but for most women if you don't breastfeed i would say within 6 months or so your your, your periods right. should be coming back to a regular but if you are breastfeeding then you know it, it it depends how long you do that. There's a question here from Emily. Does the contraceptive injection reduce milk supply if I had it early into breastfeeding? I don't think there are sort of any clinical evidence trials on it or anything like that. But I think, you know, some women have said that, you know, that they felt that their milk production sort of dried up uh, or, 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 or lessened. So I suppose on that one, I'm not. I, I'm not really sure if it does or it doesn't. But you know, some women do say that. But um, I haven't come across any sort of scientific backed um, sort of evidence behind it. My mum and her sister were both through the menopause by 37, 39. Will I be the same? I'm 35. I think Zoe, you can almost answer this one. Um, yeah. You know, I think you should be. You, you should go and get some tests done. And, because it's more than likely that you would go through an earlier menopause. Yeah, I don't want to frighten any I don't want to frighten her by sort of saying that, but I think it's just really good to be armed with the evidence and with the information. So what you don't want is to leave it too late and then you know, it's too, it's too late. So, I mean, I don't know if, you, if this person's had had their children. For me, it was a bit different because it was like a ticking time bomb and I knew that I wanted to have kids. Um, this person might have already had her children. But yeah, there is there is a, a sort of strong link, isn't there? A hereditary link that if you've got a, a history, family history of early menopause, then that could quite possibly happen to you. Both my, my mum and sister went through it, my granny at 40, 41 and 32. So the direct link was there. If you're not planning on having children straight away, but you think you'd like to have the option, then freezing your eggs might be something to consider too. Yeah. Really great option. Really great yeah. option. And I think that's why it was so sort of devastating everything with Catherine, because I think if she had found out earlier, she could have she could have gone through that process and, and harvest any eggs that were left. So it's really important to have that chat yeah. and, uh, and put the first steps in place, I guess. Yeah. Ask your mums and your aunties and your nans and whatever. Yeah. I actually asked my mum and she said she didn't know. So... That was useful. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> I think she'd been on the coil, had a partial hysterectomy, all of that kind of stuff. And so she didn't really know. So she didn't know when it happened. And then my nan took HRT from quite early. So neither of them could give me any answers. <laughs> and that may happen in the future with more sort of younger women as more women are starting to take sort of hormone replacement therapy. But um, I think... Um, yeah, so it's useful to plan, but obviously you can't always predict. Um, how long after children should it take for my hormones to settle? I have never felt myself. I think a lot of people can probably relate yes. to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I can relate to that. And I, I remember sort of having brain fog, not being able to concentrate, and it just felt I wasn't me. I mean, part of it also is the fact that you know, you're not sleeping as much, you're probably, you know, sort of with with the baby getting up, um, you know, more tired. Um, and, and I think, I can't really say, I, I often say to women who breastfeed, that you need to take some supplements from around six months, particularly something like iron, because your baby's taking all of your iron from you. So you might be feeling extra tired, because you're low in iron. So um, yeah, so it depends on so many factors, you know, sort of, your environment, your home, you, you know, how how often you're having to wake up because of your baby, work. I think we're juggling so many things almost, you know, within sort of six to six months to a year after having a, um, a child that, um, you know, 
all, all of these things, stress plays a big part on our hormonal balance. Yeah, and yeah. I also, I just, I also think that, I, and I like to look at this that when you ha- when we have our kids, we just give and give and give and give and give. We're like this this car that's just running on petrol, just going, 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 and then we forgot we forget to fill ourselves up again and yeah. keep putting all the goodness back in. Like I'm a real believer in supplements, you know, the diet, green juicing, you know, anything that I can do to put back into my body because they just take everything from me and I think we neglect that sometimes because yeah. as mothers and as parents we're just selfless and we just do everything for them and I don't know there's the feeling of like whoa what about us and I've been through that I'm sure you have as well George and, yeah. and you Dr Harper it's at what point do you go right enough is enough I need to look after me now and, and I also think with women that you know we're rushing around we're probably not eating as well as we should do exactly you know we're worrying about our weight so I do believe that women and, you know, sort of young women as well should be taking supplements just to support themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I'm into my collagen. I keep banging on about it, but my <laughs> collagen supplements are the best thing that I found since going through it. I mean, wonders for skin and hair and everything. And libido, I think. I need Maybe to get on the HRT. collagen tablets, actually. Well, the collagen <laughs> helps with the vaginal walls, you know, as well. Because yes. you, uh, you have a type 3 collagen in the vaginal walls. So you're probably right. You know, it improves your sexual sensation um, and libido. I'm like that. Oh, let's get a collagen sachet out. Come on. (laughs) I I really advise it to women who can't take HRT. You know, I say, think about collagen. Get some, George. Yeah, no, I will. Definitely. Um, This is a bit of a random one. Well, she's put random. I don't think it is. Can drinking more oat milk make your vaginal discharge smell? It's about the vaginal microbiome, you know, sort of the natural sort of bacteria uh, within there. So I suppose, you know, logically, um, if you're eating or drinking a lot of one thing, then it is going to affect your vaginal microbiome. Um, And so, yes, it may make it smell more, but it is a little bit... random and out there but I think it's it's a good question yeah that's so interesting I've never thought about that yeah lots of things can can affect um the sort of is it micro is that microbiome yeah yeah in the vagina yeah so like things like alcohol obviously smoking you know if you're not eating well like dairy I find as well like it can all change the balance in there can't it even using things like um body wash that's not yeah. balanced and things like that I, I find yeah definitely I mean I wonder how much oat milk she is drinking to ask that question <laughs> yeah yeah can you let us know <laughs> yeah how much yeah. <laughs> liters of it every day yeah my goodness oh waking up several times a night to urinate is this a sign of perimenopause have no uti it's a it's a sign of a number of things um it's a sign of a weakened pelvic floor so the pelvic floor is like a hammock and it supports your your bladder your vagina your back passage so you know often after children because of the weight of the baby that the pelvic floor has been sort of um strained a little bit also if you're overweight that's one of the another one of the reasons but um, also, yes, perimenopause, because of the change in hormones and the drop in estrogen levels. And I just want to say postnatally, a lot of women do get a drop in their estrogen level because um, in pregnancy it's been high and it suddenly drops, that they may also experience vaginal dryness and this symptom. So, um, so yes, yeah, so then your bladder becomes more irritable and you are going um, for a pee much more frequently or in the middle of the night. Um, and sometimes just adding a bit of hormone, estrogen, back there, you know, a vaginal pessary can just stop that or reduce it. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm 41 with 
I don't know if I'm going to say this right. Meno, menorrhagia. 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 No, no, it's the way that I said it. No, okay, yeah, right. <laughs> menorrhagia, shortened cycles, hair loss and weight gain around the middle. I spoke to my GP. Uh, it was dismissed as I'm not having hot flushes. So menorrhagia is heavy menstrual bleeding. So heavy periods, that's what it means. And that's a medical term for it. Um, I think your GP needs a little bit of a education lesson on perimenopause and menopause because there are so many symptoms associated with it. It's not just hot flushes. And I think um, that's what's important. It sounds very much like you potentially are in perimenopause, but your GP is dismissing it because they only know that the symptoms are hot flushes and moods or something like that. So um, your GP needs to be updated. That's that's fascinating, isn't it? That's like what you were saying earlier, Zoe. It's like, it depends. I guess it's potluck as well sometimes who your GP is. Um, There's actually quite a lot of questions around hormones and headaches. So some people saying that they get them at the time, you know, certain times of the month, some people just saying that they get them daily. Um, But all they, everyone seems to think that it's hormone related. How, how do you tackle that? So headaches are a common symptom and they've got, and they're, there are a number of reasons that you can get them. Stress, lack of sleep, you know, dehydration. Um, so, so, so there are lots of factors that can cause headaches. Um, the way that often we distinguish whether they are hormonal, hormonal or not is to ask someone to plot them over maybe three months to see if they are related to your cycle. And you do get hormonal headaches. They do tend to be in that week or so before your periods. And that's because hormonal change, predominantly estrogen hormone, um, because of the drop in that and progesterone being a bit more dominant, um, that that's what causes um, the the headaches. And, you know, we find in perimenopause um, that also the frequency of headaches go up a lot in a lot of women. Yeah, that was one of my horrendous symptoms was the headaches it was headaches like I'd never had headaches before and do you remember George I mean there were the the fog and the the sort of the it was just so hard to come out of it it was just overpowering that I was trying to get through it and that and that would be frequent doesn't matter how much water I drank I would still get the headaches yeah it's they're 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 really overpowering actually it's hard to deal with them just like affects your driving your concentration you know just generally feeling yeah everything yeah that's so hard yeah really hard um is thinning hair dark facial hair and oily skin but dry elsewhere related to early menopause on hrt um it's related to um hormonal imbalance it's related to the fact that your androgens which are testosterones are more dominant and this is also something that happens with polycystic ovarian syndrome so um it's to do with hormonal imbalance. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it could be perimenopause or if you're younger, it could be polycystic ovarian syndrome as well. So again, it goes back to hormonal imbalance. The hair one's interesting, George, isn't it? Because I have basically lost half of my head of hair. And at first I put it down to obviously having the babies. And then, you know, as we all know, we shed our mm. pregnancy hair, but it just kept going and going and going. I mean, I wear extensions now. All of this hair is not real. I was here, thinking it looks longer than the last time I saw you. And I was going to say, what have you done? Yeah, 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 yeah. Grow that I'm... long, you know, from... Uh, <laughs> it's the from, collagen. From a few no, it's the not. collagen. Thinking, wow. <laughs> so he's got shares in collagen. No, 
I'm wearing <laughs> extensions now to everybody that's also thinking my hair looks longer because it's <laughs> it's not it's not recovering. It's not recovering. My hair is it's a big thing for me. So why why well, does the hair? It's a big thing for break? all women. I think you know it's a sign of your femininity of being a woman, and um, you know it's really distressing for so many women, and it does thin. Um, part of it is hormonal changes, um, you know, and also when your hormones decline, the hormone testosterone can be a little bit more dominant. That's what we usually call is a male hormone. And when there are higher levels of that, that causes hair loss. So you can get hair thinning at that point as well. So adding back some hormones can help to reduce, um, to, to um, address the balance uh, and, and reduce hair loss. But also, um, the follicles on our head start to flatten. So the hair shaft becomes a bit thinner and, and finer. And also when hormones um, change as well, the hair becomes more brittle, more dry, so more prone to breakage as well. So a lot of things are going on. And again, if you've got heavy periods, iron is really important for hair. So if you are have low iron levels, I mean, number one, I'd, I'd get them to add that back in ASAP. No, again, something that comes up quite a lot, people saying that they get a lot more, well, they, they feel cross, They PMT is so much worse after having children. I've personally noticed this. I never even used to know when I was about to come on my period. It used to just arrive and I'd be like, oh, wow, okay. Um, but now I know, I mean, I know a week before because I feel aggy. That's the only way Rage. to describe it. <laughs> Rage. Aggy. Aggie, yeah. um, what? Why is that? And look, I I can totally relate to that. You know, not to a hundred in like a millisecond. You know, sort yeah. of fly off the handle. Um, and you know, my daughter could always press that button. Um, and so it it is just hormones again. You know, it hormones are sort of the chemical messaging messengers in our body. They control and manage so many parts of us, you know, our, our appetite, our, you know, menstrual cycle. Um, so, so there's so much going on with them. And again, it, it goes back to the fact you're, we are getting older. I mean, I think the other thing to remember is that we are also getting older. So our body is changing. Um, and I often think, you know, it's a bit like a car, you know, as things age, you know, the engine may need a little bit more work to it, um, a little bit more sort of oiling, but ultimately the aging process is going on internally. And so the ovaries are aging too. So the hormonal levels that were sort of being released in your 20s and your teens are gen gently declining until you have that sort of uh, mega fluctuations in your in your perimenopause. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of women do say that, that they feel that they are having more PMT um, after they've had children. But again, after you've had children, you're not really sleeping so well. I don't think you ever, I don't know if any of you would say that you ever sleep as well again because you're always sort of slightly thinking about your children um, and things like that and wary of that. So I think, you know, there, there are lots of changes um, which also impact um, like a domino effect on your hormones. Do you know yeah. what? The rage was one of the worst things for me. I mean, I ended up one particularly bad day where I smashed a plate in the sink. I threw it and, and it smashed it and I thought, oh my God, this is completely out of control. Like I'm not a ragey or angry person at all. And my, my stress levels, my anxiety was so high at that point. I just had, I couldn't do anything apart from just hurl this plate. And I was like, 
oh my God, the kids are in the playroom. They were like, what's going on, mummy? And, you know, it was so scary to be that out of control with it. Really, mm. really bad. It feels and, like and something's and taken over you. You know, it's yes. not you. No, I'm quite ashamed to admit that. But no, I think you, it's no, important you shouldn't to share. be. No, I don't think you should be because so many women go through it. But you, you know, even I would say afterwards, I feel quite embarrassed. Um, yeah. Like I just flew off the handle. And sometimes it was a little thing and then I'd have to sort of go and apologize. And then you think yeah. that person thinks you're sort of a Jekyll and Hyde, you know, one minute yes. you're okay. The other minute, you know, you've gone crazy. Yeah. And what, like, what can we do to, I mean, you mentioned like taking iron, you've mentioned taking different supplements. Is it, and is that what it is? Like, is that how we need to keep ourselves, you know, as best we can? Um, hormonally balanced. Yeah. yeah exercise too. Balanced. I mean, I, I think the other thing is to also understand that, you know, exercise, um, meditation, meditation um, and in the week before your period doing things like um, a hit class or some strength training your body's not really going to be up to it so adapting your exercise routine to your cycle and maybe doing more stretching more breath work um, you know sort of more from the flexibility type of things that help to calm you down rather than sort of doing things that yeah. need um, you know hit and stuff like that that is really helpful. Also, magnesium supplements are another one. You know, magnesium is often talked about as nature's karma, um, and that can help. Vitamin B, the, the B complexes, also help with mood balance as well. Um, and I hope everybody's taken a vitamin D supplement because you can't store vitamin D in your body. So even if you've, now that, even though we're not having holidays, but even if you've had a few good holidays, you can't store it up for a rainy day. So So vitamin D supplements are are important and I don't know I mean I don't know what your thoughts are on um, CBD oil because uh, um, I, yeah. I, I yes. quite like to say that to 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 my patients you know I very much um, are using it as a tool in my box um, you know it's not just all about ramping up hormones you know hormonal treatments it's looking at other things and I think CBD can be something that um, can help as well yeah I'm a huge fan um I take a potham and I take the light lights out which I take in the evening which just calms me and helps me sleep and I also take the de defense for the day and the day drops um but also um we've just been sent some George haven't we yeah um, so I was gonna say so yeah. got me into it a little while yeah. back and it's interesting so what you say about taking it before you went you go to bed because I actually found it didn't work for me before I went to bed and I was much better to take it in the morning I don't know why. Depends on what depends on what else is in there because some of them right. are specifically to help you sleep, and then others are like there to to pick you up. To, so, to, is that right? Okay. Yeah, Dr. yeah. I mean, I did a um, a chat with somebody only just yesterday, and um, she'd sent me hers, and it's called Dream Distillery. So it is for nighttime use, you know, to help sedate, not sedate, but you know, calm. Um, and and so because sleep is such a um, big issue, um, particularly in perimenopause. So I think um, there are lots of good brands out there. I think you do have to do a little bit of research in them because like you said, Zoe, you know, they can be some which are just, um, you know, mixed up with a few different things. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, and just on a final note, um, there were lots of messages um, asking people for me to share my story. So what I'm going to do is um, we're going to do an IGTV where I just kind of tell you all of it because this podcast is um, about, you know, the Q&A and your questions. So we will deal with that. I will definitely be sharing it. In fact, 
I just keep talking about it all the time now. I'm telling the guys <laughs> on the reception when I come into work, you're right, guys, yeah, my menopause is a bit shit actually today. And they're like that, God. <laughs> but they're all learning. Everyone's learning. I've learned yeah. so much from you from like speaking about it all the time. So yeah. And I, I think it's that. great you talking out because it's also educating younger women because I think mm. when you're younger, you don't have a clue, you know. Um, no. And, and, and I think that not only should we, we be educating um, men, um, you know, and older women, but I think younger women so that we're not scared of it. You know, and I think the, the one thing I would say is, you know, we've sort of talked about it a bit in a doom and gloom kind of way, but it's not. It can be really a new lease of life as well um, and really liberating. Um, I found that for myself and I know lots of other women. It's just learning how to manage and adapt around it it's a really lovely note to finish on actually yeah. and i'm gonna i'm gonna champion that as well because we've had this conversation haven't we shizadi where we we said you know what we felt like the 25 year old version of ourselves, but with a with you know with a, with an older head on our shoulders and actually you know sex life has come back feeling of normality being able to think speak perform be successful like it's not it's not the end so we can get our hormones under control we've just got to know what to do with them Love that. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Harper. Thank Thank you. you. It was lovely. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.